Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I have with me a Web3 infrastructure builder, James Bailey. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. No problem. And we're talking about an interesting topic today, fundamentals of building a Web3 SaaS business. Um, let's start off with how we're in the middle of a supposedly bear market crypto winter and you guys are in the middle of a Web3 business. Um, where do you see the market going over the next couple of years? And is it smart for companies to just keep their heads down and work on a Web3 product? Yeah, so obviously, yeah, as you said, we're in a bear market. There's no denying that right now. And that that's universal. It's not just within crypto. I think you can look at most tech stocks out there and and everything's a little bit down, right? We're heading towards recession. Um, this is actually interesting. One of the first bear markets in crypto that is tied to kind of the macroeconomic markets. So it's a bit different in that way. Um, for us in the ecosystem, uh, really all you can do right now is continue to put your head down and build, right? There is capital out there still. It's not as easy as it was back in November to raise money. People were raising obscene valuations back then. Uh, but for us in the space, you know, just keep your head down. So I think that's that's relevant for everyone building a startup, whether you're in crypto or not. Um, at the moment, it's the time to hit, put your head down, build, work on your fundamentals, um, you know, being able to build a massive product that's going to require huge capital, um, huge amounts of capital to survive is probably not the best thing to do right now. Um, and speaking of that progress. capital, there's there's like, you know, in 2017, a lot of these companies were using ICOs, initial coin offerings. It was their version of the IPO to raise yeah. the capital for their money and for their company. And a lot of those companies fizzled out and disappeared. Um, and then there's like, just the venture VC way of raising equity and getting money that way. So what is, in your opinion, the the right way to go for Web3? Is it, you know, releasing your own token and trying to sell coins to make money? Or is it still the, the venture capital uh, route? Which, which one would you say is better? I think it's a mix of both, right? Back in the 2018, 2017 days, you could do an ICO or you could perform and carry out an ICO, initial coin offering, without really anything built, right? With just an idea and a white paper yep, um, and a fancy website, which is pretty pretty silly when you think of it. Um, so in this Silly, day, but every, everybody was doing it though. Everyone was doing it, right? Because in order to build an idea, you had to fund it. Um, these days, we find a hybrid of both, right? There's usually the VC capital coming in for early stage companies. A lot of VCs only do small checks for early stage businesses. Uh, but the expectation is for most of these companies to figure out their token utility and to launch a token down the road once they probably have a little bit more um, in place. Uh, so we saw many uh, token offerings um, not not technically ICO, but um, you know a token offering of some sort, public sale, a TG, uh, token generation event uh, earlier on last year, um, and that's still kind of a preferred way to go public, if you will, or to kind of go 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 big. And you still um, have to like free. you still you still have to follow like the SEC guidelines, right? For this, you can't just release a token and raise money. Like you still have to follow some sort of uh, regulations, right? 
that's that's the situation, but most of the companies avoid having to look at SEC by uh, avoiding by preventing any US citizens from, from participating oh, right. in these token sales because SEC is kind of just so far out there in terms of its legal requirements. Um, they kind of they fall with like China and US and and Iran and all the other bad, big bad countries in terms of just don't legally touch those spaces because it's dangerous. So there's definitely a lot of you know, legalities, but also rules and guidelines. And it's very technical, like blockchain and, and, you know, Web3 and crypto. It's all very new because it just came out, you know, just a decade ago or whatever. So when you say the fundamentals of building a Web3 business, what are those fundamentals? Like what are the top three things that a startup entrepreneur or, you know, someone who's interested in blockchain or Web3 would have to do? Yeah, so... As I said before, right, it's become more and more of a, like, the importance of actually building a product that works um, and, and shows transaction volume trading or shows a lot of volume in it. Um, usage, essentially, uh, is pretty critical, critical these days, which is great, which is a good thing, right? Um, that's a good thing for any kind of business is to show that people are actually using it. But I think the one thing that sets blockchain apart from the rest of the world is, is um, are the two, two things that set it apart. One is that token utility. A token is both like the ticket to enter the place and also like the share price of your entire network, right? So it's kind of the total valuation of your project. Um, so figuring out a way that allows you to, um, that allows people to use your token to interact with your product, um, but also um, ideally will push the price up as more people use it, um, are, are two kind of competing things that you have to design very carefully. Um, thirdly, uh, one thing, the other thing that's unique to crypto is the community build. You have to build a huge community in the space, um, which is really interesting, right? When you do startup um, in the traditional world, two world, community is an afterthought, right? Publicity is an afterthought. You kind of get it to kind of you, you announce stuff at big milestone, but and blockchain, you really have to build a community uh, for many reasons, and and that may mean you need to hit like fifty thousand on Twitter you know, 30,000 people in your Discord. And for to create those numbers, you really have to engage with them. You have to yeah. be more in person every week, kind of fronting up, explaining what we've done, why we did it, and what we're doing next. And you got to make a lot of funny, uh, you got to make a lot of funny memes too, because if you don't make funny yeah. memes, no one's going to care, right? <laughs> well, you, just, you just have to be more engaging in whatever this zeitgeist right now, or you have to kind yeah. of participate in, right? Um, but, a lot of memes, but, you know, but also just a lot of being up front. Being, but you, you touched on the token around. having a value too. Like I noticed a lot of companies, crypto projects, they allow people to use the, co- the coin or the token to purchase the service that they're selling. Like let's say cloud storage, for example, you use the coin to pay for like a terabyte worth of storage. So that to me is a, you know, instead of being vaporware, it's an actual product that you can use and it has a justified price to that coin versus, you know, some other coin that doesn't do anything. And it's just like, yeah, you buy, you know, Shiba Doge, Elon, Inu or whatever, and then we're going to make it worth money from liquidity. So how do you choose the utility for the coin? How do you come up with that? Is it just the same as like making a startup idea and then saying, well, now the coin will pay for that service? Essentially so, but you really have to be quite, um, you, you have to think very carefully around the incentives that you design. And so right when you design a, a blockchain or a decentralized project, you're building the incentives, right? So the example you gave is I give a, I use a coin to pay for storage. Um, you want to figure out ways to allow that, but also probably to remove as much liquidity from the supply as possible because liquidity generally causes more volatility. 
Um, so you so, might, so you're saying right? like keeping a lot of this, the coins in like cold storage? Okay. Well, not cold storage, but just, just lock, lock, locked away for them. the project. Well, incentivize people to hold on to them and not trade them freely. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of like competing different uh, ideas that you kind of want to optimize the economics for. And that's one thing that we need is more economics people, right? There's one class that I've done that's been very useful in this space. And it was, it was like a high school course in macroeconomics because it's like so critical to how you design and interact with the token. Um, it's, it's quite interesting. People just say, moon, price go up. They don't, they don't really know about much about the economics. The, the, and, 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 and the worst uh, thing about our ecosystem or industry is that it's tied to a value. And that value is so transparent, right? It's so there you can trade a coin and instantly and get value out of it. And that attracts a lot of really smart people, but also attracts a lot of very hypey people. Yeah. People that are driven by the hype or driven by to get rich quick. Well, and not- in a way, a winter is a good situation to shake those out of the tree. And um, the people that are building in the space, which are many of them, um, can keep focusing on doing what we do without the distractions of people yelling wind moon or wind lambo. Yeah, people aren't really, they're not really interested in the, the products behind the companies. They're more interested in just earning profits. And that's that's the big problem, I think. Uh, you mentioned uh, having a big Discord and a, and a Twitter and I noticed a lot of the NFT boom last year was all about getting that huge Discord, huge Twitter fast, and then selling NFTs and then joining us on the metaverse and sandbox, you know, Decentraland and all these big virtual world, worlds are starting to kind of pop up. So is this kind of all part of where Web3 is headed is having communities in not only Discord, but also in the metaverse and then having people like host events and, and having utility for the coin to enter. You said it's a ticket to enter, right? You said kind of in the beginning. So is that what we're going to start seeing? It's certainly a attractive thing right now. And I think it certainly helps uh, people, you know, humans like being a part of something, uh, whether it's a political party or a, the, the, the golf club you'd go to every Sunday, or it's an NFT place where you can talk about, um, how your favorite NFT is going to take over, whatever. You know, like people like being a part of something bigger than themselves. Um, so that's kind of what you see developing here. And this is one thing that we tap into with communities is that, okay, this is our vision, this is our mission. Um, you're a part of that with us. Um, you're along for the ride with us. Um, so I don't see this kind of drive to build communities. Um, obviously, I think there's a little bit, you kind of miss, I, I don't know like, if that's true. I was, I'm sure some people, you know, create a community for the sole purpose of being our shill NFTs to them. But I'd like to think that a lot of people would put more uh, um, better approaches or nicer approaches than that. And so there's so many competing companies out there. I mean, if we just put aside NFTs even, yeah, there were like a million of them and they all looked the same. There was frogs and toads and dogs and cats and punks and this and that. Coins are the same thing. There's like 10 privacy coins. There's like 10 storage coins. There's 10 this. So how do you grow your community and market in those saturated spaces? How do you differentiate yourself? How do you make yourself, how do you get a community? It's not that easy, man. It is not easy. No. Um, (laughs) Where we are is like 97, I think, um, where there is so much growth in in this internet bubble. And everyone's like, wow, I could build this or build this. And there's about four variants of pets.com. We're trying to create that niche because it's brand new land grab. It's it's all kind of new ideas. You know, you're just doing the same as someone else, but 
there are many, and you'll know this, Jason, there are many reasons apart from technology, apart from the right time, um, that results in a business being a success and one benefit, right? There's a lot of luck. There's a lot of, you know, yeah, other stuff as well. So you um, think so you think we're in the nineteen we're in the AOL chat room phase. We're nineteen ninety seven, Amazon, Google, eBay, they just came out. There's another hundred websites that are about to die in two years. Nobody knows which ones they are. Pets.com is one of them. And so we're at that phase where we're figuring out which players are going to win and which ones are going to die. Is that, is, even though like 2017, 18, we lost a lot of, a lot along the way there too, because those companies are all, and then we have all the ones that was that a are, tiny, that was a tiny, like compared to wow. the size of the market right now, that was tiny. Um, so we haven't even seen I mean, the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it feels for us in the industry that we are kind of around them. Um, there is still a lot of crap out there. Um, there's a lot of people doing the same derivative thing, but there are a lot of new ideas coming through. And there's a lot of real smart people in the industry, right? I, I know a lot of people from, we did a lot of work at Berkeley University and they had this Masters of Financial Engineering course, um, which was historically designed just to send the smartest people to hedge funds. Um, but you're finding, or I was talking to the, 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 um, the course coordinator, and she was saying that a lot of them are going into crypto hmm. at this point in time. And when you say crypto, you mean they're going to like the blockchain route, right? They're using Solidity potentially, because let's touch base here for a second. We have a, a number of programming languages that are like either on the Ethereum network or Polygon, yeah. Formatic, et cetera, et cetera. And these are, again, complicated new programming languages that, that developers now have to learn, right? And they're also not very easy. I've tried to do a little bit of it. It's not easy. It's not like JavaScript and PHP and HTML, CSS. We're talking about some complicated stuff. If you're a young software developer right now, there are like two leading edges of software development in terms of like where the most high-tech uh, development is right now. It's AI and it's blockchain. So it's, it's naturally apparent, appealing to a lot of people. Yes, these are quite new, quite difficult coding languages. Solidity is a pain in the ass. Um, Rust as well, yeah. um, which is also another coding, coding language in blockchain is quite difficult, but it's also very high performing. And a lot of other um, industries are picking up on that. It's like C++, but, but nicer. Um, or C, but, but nicer, sorry. Right. Um, so... Yeah, it's still a little bit hostile. And I guess that's why I, I say I characterize where 97 is because, like, even though you see a lot of these cool websites, you know, on the face of it, um, you see a lot of really splashy brand names, a lot of really kind of shady things. There's actually a lot of infrastructure beneath the scenes, there's a lot of like um, tools that developers need and use on a daily basis, like the stripes of the world or um, mix panels or the ways you notify people, or what you like, you know, all these different other services that other companies require and use to build. And we haven't quite built those yet. Mm. Or we're still working on those. We don't have like um, a, work, still we a lot don't, of like we, under, like the, under the hood stuff that we're working on at the same time. Yeah. I know what you're saying, like Stripe for payments. Like, well, there is Utrust um, for payments, which is pretty big so far. Uh, but like, there's like, there's no WordPress for, for blockchain as far as I know. So I get it. And AI and blockchain, you put both of those together. I'm noticing those companies are really pushing those two at the same time, right? Because like a Grello with, uh, using AI for legal documents, right? So on the blockchain. So there's a lot of cool stuff out there. So what exactly does um, subquery.network, which is your website, subquery.network, what do you guys do exactly? And, and how do you uh, work in Web3? So essentially, we're one of those infrastructure companies. And our focus is on data. Mm. So 
blockchain is it's a chain of blocks from the name um, it's actually a really bad way to store data when you want to query that data so the reason why is because every bit of data is split across all these individual blocks and you can't like scan all the blocks at the same time right you kind of like peek into one at a time so if you want to like ask a question like what was the last 10 transactions i've made you don't immediately know what blocks include a transaction that i made right you have to go through it by bit so you're like a search engine um, for the blockchain it's a search engine for the blockchain. That's very interesting. <laughs> it's a way that you aggregate data and use it in applications. So if you're building a front-end application, which a lot of these applications are doing, like an NFT marketplace or a DeFi application or wallet, um, you need access to data that you can't get directly from a blockchain. And SubQuery as a service is an open source service that allows you to do that. It allows you to do that both in a custom way, a flexible way, so you can get whatever data that you want, um, but also in a decentralized way. So... Um, that indexing process to collect that data from running the background and anyone around the world can do that. And uh, it's decentralized in that, in that way. We don't have to rely on a centralized service right. to do that collection. Love it, man. Subquery.network, guys. Check it out. Search engine for blockchain. Who would have thought, man? <laughs> and we definitely need that. So that's really cool. James, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Uh, is there anything else you want to tell the, the world in terms of what, to, what they might expect in the next five to 10 years? I think you see a lot of change. I think you see a lot of, um, lot of, as you say, companies going down, um, maybe running out of steam, um, realizing that they were just a derivative copy of something else and they're not going to survive. Uh, but I think you also see a lot of, uh, I think we're hopefully in the next five years see the first applications that really anyone can use that interact with blockchain and probably that you don't even know that they do. Um, so we're kind of at that, that point where accessing the internet has become a common thing to do. Interesting. I agree. Blockchain will be huge five to 10 years, like HTML, right? So here we go. Awesome. Thanks again, James, subquery.network. And I'll see you guys all in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you at next week's episode.